0: It seems my time is up. I've kind of put this conversation off.
1: Are you dying? Are you sick?
0: I actually made a connection with a family member.
1: But, of course, as promised, your mother.
0: Does Spin have any level of recognition of the face?
1: Oh, Case.
0: And what is your name?
1: An asher should not concern himself with the identity of the lower class.
2: But, of course, I am Thule, sir. No matter what happens here. You will always have a friend in me. I see you like to surround yourself with animals, Finnicus. Well, no
1: more.
0: Benavir scared.
3: And the door
1: is slammed shut.
3: Meanwhile... foundlings and welcome back to another episode of the gate chronicles this is chronicle one chapter 53 my name is emily and i'm your game master and host for this series this episode and also uh the host that does like all the podcast stuff on top of that you know the usual and similar to last episode i'm only joined today by one player and that player is
0: me and my name is Jaden, and i play finavir avir or as this episode will refer to him as Finnicus Asher. Or
3: as we've been referring to him as, because there's just too much Finn. It's Finn.
0: Yeah, he's Finn. Something.
3: Something. So, while Charles Smoot and his crew escaped from Rayland, Finn stayed behind to begin his life as the heir to the Asher name. Though an omen of ill fortune soon reared its head as Finn was stripped of anything that could link him to his past. Now alone, Finn must determine the course of his life as he steps into the shoes of a noble of Raylan amidst the chaos. And so, do you remember where we left off last?
0: I remember having a nice, relaxing bath, talking to my therapist, and then I come out, and then suddenly, everything is wrong. And who did you talk to? Oh, you know, just every member of the Grey family. (laughs) It's like, what? Those dirty dogs. Oh, and, and I'm also a seeker. How could you, them crows? Like, well, do um, <clears throat> you have a problem with everything else?
3: <laughs> Take all of his things and cut his hair. Oh, yeah. Your hair was cut.
0: Uh, my locks, my little loopies.
3: Yeah, your little loopies. Your hair's a lot shorter now. And it's not like a buzz, but it's like very tightly well mannered hair.
0: They took my Charles. All they have left is the smoot.
3: Well, actually, no, I feel like they took the Smoot and left you with only the Charles.
0: Oh, they they got a nice Charles haircut. Okay, maybe this may not be so bad. But they (laughs) took Isabel!
3: They did. They did take Isabel. And you were left in your room at night. Would you try to stay up through the entire night, or would you just resign yourself to fate and sleep?
0: I think that there would be a lost hour or two of terror and also, you know... Isabel's kind of like been a companion at this point. So there's, there's the terror that you'll haunt me in my dreams, quite literally. And then there's also like, you know, it was nice to have at least someone familiar to talk to. I think that he would try to embrace this. He's going to try real hard. So he's going to attempt to sleep.
4: Okay.
3: You curl up in your bed and shiver a little bit. Fearful and concerned. But you do fall asleep. Whether or not it is deep and restful, you're not exactly sure. But what you do know is that you have this longing feeling inside of you. And you fade into a dream of sorts where you feel safe. And you hear a voice. You instinctively turn your head towards the familiar voice and you see Kelsey sitting next to you and you feel the warm heat of a nearby campfire as golden sparks dance into the midnight sky. You know, we'll always be here, waiting for you, right? And she smiles like she always does, and turns back to the fire. You realize that your friends are all here with you, sitting around this campsite. Alan is there, whittling away at a piece of wood. Alfred, poking a glowing frog that found its way into the camp. Amalie and Charles arm wrestling on a log, and Cece cheering them on while David goes around collecting bets. You can't help but feel yourself smiling as well, and your eyes wander down to the fire. Your vision fixating on the visage of a face looking back at you from within, and suddenly you feel very hot. You feel a searing pain overwhelm you, and you realize that you are on fire.
0: Doc, can I like try to like reach around and? Pat it out, or...
3: You will your body to move and to pat out these flames, but no matter what you do, you continue to try and pat them out. With one arm, you, you manage to dampen the flames on on the left side, but then they just reignite.
0: Uh, I'll try harder. I'd slap my face. Whatever I can do to try to put this up, Can I see anything, Can I go anywhere.
3: You see as your friends all turn, and they're looking at you, though where their eyes should be are black voids. And all of a sudden, your perspective changes, and they disappear from your view. And you see that from above, there is a small figure who is peering down upon you. A young girl with blonde hair, wearing a green dress. It's like you're in a pit of some sort right now, and you stand burning alive. You see a sad expression on her face, and black swirling holes... Where her eyes should
1: be.
2: I don't you love me. I'm sorry!
3: All of a sudden the covers on top of you are ripped off of your body and you feel the cool air of the morning gracing your skin. You are coated in sweat.
0: He's reaching out, like with his, his right hand, trying to say something comforting. It's it's not my fault. I tried. I there's nothing I could do. Before, I guess, he would come to his senses. Is it morning?
3: Yeah, it is morning. And you see as Tuli is currently holding your blanket in her hands. Master Vinicus,
2: there is no need to apologize. Oh, um... At some point in our lives, we all wet the bed.
0: Oh, no, it's not that I... (sighs) Had a fierce dream of sorts.
2: Is everything all right? Would you like to talk about it?
0: Well, perhaps... I had this doll with me. Uh, her name is Isabel, and she's is got kind of a bit of a warm curse on her. She'll always come back, but usually something terrifying happens, like haunting my dreams or uh, frowning at me in the most intimidating way. It's um, a relic, I'm pretty sure.
3: She begins folding the blanket as you're explaining your story.
0: This one was. A bit different. I could see all the shining faces of those I traveled with. It thinks that I'm abandoning them. I don't think that's the case, right? I I only left my home to find my real home. Here. And I found it.
2: There is an old saying, Master Finneges, that home is where your heart is. I'm sure that all will be well, and you will figure out what you need in order to make the best decision for yourself. But for now, breakfast. Please get dressed and meet me outside of your room. I shall guide you down to the dining hall.
0: Right. Uh, I'll probably go and get a a wet cloth uh, in the bathroom and wipe off a bit at least.
3: She leaves before you begin taking care of yourself in the morning. It seems that she has laid out a new set of clothes for you, though they look a little bit of an older fashion. And you swear that you see a few... Stitches on the inside as though these have been carefully repaired, but kept in good maintenance.
0: Would they be regarded as fine clothes? Yes. All right. So Benavir will get dressed. He is, I don't know if he has a mirror in there or or anything, but he is going to do his darndest to get himself presentable.
3: There is what appears to be a very primitive type of mirror. It's not very clear, but it's enough for you to be able to see your reflection to see you look okay. Your hair is shorter and it's sort of throwing you off. But at the very least, you're well-dressed.
0: All right. You're an asher now. Act like it.
3: You quickly scan your room, taking in your inventory, and you see that you have a desk. And on top of this desk, there seems to be a new stationery set along with a quill and inkwell.
0: I know this is kind of a silly thing to ask, but does the outfit have pockets?
3: You are essentially wearing a light blue vest over top of a white button-down puff sleeve shirt. The vest has two small pockets, like enough to put a pocket watch in either side. Mm,
0: that's going to be difficult. <laughs> uh, he'll get himself ready and try to find a breakfast. will follow his nose.
3: Well, you aren't able to follow your nose very far because as soon as you open the door, you see that Thule is waiting there for you, as well as Vlasik, who is currently leaning up against the wall, looking less than enthused to have to be here.
0: Good morning, Vlasic. Chipper as always.
3: He smooths at you.
0: <laughs> he smooths at me.
3: So she leads you down the hall, back towards the main entrance, down the stairs, and... To the left of the stairs, the room opens up into a small eating area, which has glass panes that look out into the orchards beyond. And there is a small table there, along with a delicious-looking meal of strawberry-coated crepes with some whipped cream on the side.
0: Oh, dang. Who all's in the room?
3: It's just you, Thule, and Vlasek right now.
0: Uh, well, that then will help himself to some delicious-looking crepes. I'll try them. Mm-hmm, assuming they're good. Right. Compliments to the chip the, the words leave his lips. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. Not supposed to let everyone know how appreciative you feel. It's not the way. Hmm. So I'll just kind of, like, chew on those words.
3: And as you are eating, Tuli
2: approaches over, and she seems to have a notepad in her hands alright Master Finneges it seems that you will have a very booked day you have lessons from 9 until noon you have a very short lunch and then after that they will continue on with the lessons and it seems that today afterwards you have a bit of free time for an hour but that is about it
0: Hmm. well there's much to do I look forward to these lessons Tully are there any instruments around here
2: I cannot say that there are.
0: Does not the Baron listen to music?
2: The Baron is not quite a fan of music. Vlasic sort of chuckles in the background.
1: (laughs) Not a fan much of anything.
0: Vlasic is trying his darndest to be a grump, but every time he speaks, I like him a little bit more. (laughs) Alrighty then. I think that should be good. I'm, uh, fool enough. Where to?
2: This way, Master Finickius. We shall just begin you with your lessons. As the Baron has instructed, you are to receive thorough instruction on etiquette and manners in this estate, followed by brief lessons on history and instructions on business management. Well,
0: I could certainly learn a thing or two about etiquette and history. I should have a jump start on the business management, but I look forward to seeing what the texts have to say.
3: She smiles. This way.
0: I guess I get to learn who the teacher is or in what form the lessons are.
3: So she guides you to a study and it is there that you see the butler who seems to be the one that is going to be offering you education on etiquette and manners in this estate,
1: as Thule
0: put it. Good morning.
3: He nods for you and gestures for you to sit down and you will receive instruction from him For many hours in the morning, without breaks, he seems to be a man after the baron's heart, being very strict and very particular about your studiousness.
0: Well, Finevere definitely has a lot to prove, so he is going to put everything into this. (laughs) This is a lot, but a lazy merchant never profits.
3: After your morning lesson is over and it's finally in the afternoon, there's a very short period of time for your character to have a lunch. We're just going to go through the first day, and then most of your days after that will probably be repeats uh, for a very long time until you, the Baron decides otherwise.
0: So he goes to lunch. He's like, okay, well, a, uh, the forks to the right. There's a long fork. And you use gosh, was it the medium fork? Why are there two medium forks? And he's, he's overthinking lunch. At this point, trying to make sure that he understands how food works.
3: Tuli walks over and hands you the longer fork. Uh,
0: yes, I guess I'll be having salad. That's how this works, right?
3: She removes the long fork and hands you the small fork. Oh, blessed. That would be the salad fork, Master
4: Finicus.
0: Right. He is definitely trying to digest this information for the best of his ability. Hmm
4: digest
0: <laughs> <laughs> Smoop would have liked it or at least he would have grumped at it where is the baron today?
2: I believe that he went into the city today Master Phenicus. Right.
0: and mother?
2: she is not well today Master Finnegis. she
3: pensively smiles as she says this
0: well oh, these things do happen from time to time I'm sure she seemed so happy to see me yesterday
3: she just does like a nod with that half smile just
2: plastered on her face.
0: Like, yeah, sure, whatever you say, Mr. Finnegus.
2: Mr. Finnegus, I figured that for dinner we could have your meal outside. It is beautiful weather.
0: Right, it is. And outside we shall eat.
2: You will eat, Master Finnegus.
0: Oh, uh, right. It's so hard for him not to not say apologies. <laughs>
3: She sort of chuckles watching your facial expression as you are struggling with keeping your manners in check.
2: At least, your
0: noble manners. Noble manners.
2: You are a very kind-hearted individual master, Finikis. As are you. Don't let him bully you out of it.
0: And he'll say this softly, as I'm sure Vlasic is around the corner.
3: Vlasic is very much around the corner. He doesn't seem to be paying really any attention. He's like picking at his nails.
0: He'll say, quietly, Thank you,
3: Of
2: course, Master
3: Fennickis. So you had breakfast, you had four hours of lessons without break, you had your lunch, which was like an hour at most. After your lunch, she guides you back to the study, where the butler gives you an overview of the business of the Ashers.
1: The Ashers are well known for their wines.
3: And you learn that the Baron has been running this family business for the past 50 years, and in fact, it stems back several generations. He even touts that in all of Rayland, the Ashers are probably the wealthiest family, and while not the most politically strong, they certainly have sway in other ways.
0: Monday talks and sometimes it screams and shouts and threatens.
3: You learn that there are three wineries in Rayland for the Ashers and that his wines are taken across West Realm and are often enjoyed in large cities like Taija, with the finest of wines going for at least 10 gold a bottle.
0: That's a lot considering, I think has only seen one gold piece this entire campaign
3: the first thing you learn is how wine is made
0: you know that's real important
3: so because of the location of these wineries in this more mountainous region the fruits here grow very well and they're known to be sweeter than anywhere else And he has a particular way in which these wines are aged that gives them a very distinct flavor that can't be found anywhere else. But your lesson finally comes to an end after a very long and grueling day. Also, I did want to make note, as you've been going around here, you rarely see any servants, like in your path or in any obvious places. It always seems like you hear their voices echoing in the building. But you don't see them.
0: That could be one of two things I can think of. Either A, this place is like intentionally haunted and he scared the ghosts straight to actually do the work for him, which is terrifying. Or equally terrifying, the servants around here have just learned that it is better to never be seen and just have all your work done. So
4: Finnevere just has these thoughts. Does he say anything? Or does he just keep it to himself?
0: Well, he's kind of forced into a position where he kind of has to keep certain things to himself. That's true. You know what? You know what? He will. The only person he can talk openly with, Vlasic.
3: (laughs) Sure. Uh, Tuli is not currently... You're getting towards the end of the lesson and you are waiting for Tuli to come and essentially fetch you for dinner. Vlasic is in the room. He's been sitting there. He's actually, like nodded off so his head is lulled back and you hear him kind of faintly snoring against like a nearby bookshelf.
0: All right, so what's the deal Vlasic? Are there actually a dozen or so servants around here that just are really good at staying out of sight? Or did Grandfather scare the ghosts in here straight? Now they're making the place tidy.
3: <laughs> he doesn't stir. It seems he is out.
0: How out?
3: You could roll a perception check to try and uh, determine. 23. After the butler left the room, you were sitting there with Vlasic for a few minutes, and you think that it is possible you could sneak out of this room. If you were relatively careful and you weren't too noisy about it, you could probably leave without him noticing.
0: He'll probably just take a step out and just try to prove one theory or the other. Okay. See if he can... How, how many other unnamed servants he can spot or if he can hear a noise and then go to a room and it be empty.
3: Okay. Go ahead and roll a perception check. And are you going to uh, try and sneak around to do this? Or are you just doing it openly?
0: He's definitely trying to sneak, but he's attempting to not be obvious about it. That's a 10.
3: Oh, what's your perception?
0: That is a 24.
3: Okay. So... You begin walking down this hallway, following some of the whispering voices that you've been picking up on, the ones that have been echoing in the halls. You accidentally, though, walk into a bucket that has water in it and a mop, and it spills across the floor, and you, like, kind of step in and trip a little bit. And all of a sudden, the voices just get really hushed. You see a young man peek around the corner. He sees what's happened, his eyes get really wide, and he just runs out and begins just like cleaning it up. He like with rags that he just grabs and just runs out. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about this, sir. We'll we we'll immediately get this cleaned up. Don't.
1: Are you all right? Is everything fine? I, don't, don't don't speak. I'll take care of this.
0: Finn's just gonna think into his smile. It's like if Smoot was trying to take this position, he'd go over and go. Like, oh, what do you think you're doing? It? It's like you think you can tell me not to speak. It's quite right. Not need to cry over a little spilt water. You're doing a good job. Keep it up.
3: The young man looks up at you and you can see his eyes widen and he looks surprised by your response. And he smiles but then quickly goes back to what he is doing and cleans up the water and hands you a cloth to dry yourself with before running off himself with the bucket and mop.
0: He'll take the towel. He won't say another word, and he'll go back to the room where Vlasic was.
3: As you are making your way back, you see as Vlasic turns the corner, and you turn, like, getting ready to go in, and you bump into each other. There
0: you
1: are. There you are. Where you been?
0: About four steps that way.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Master Finnekes, you hear as Tully approaches you. Right. Your dinner is ready for you on the veranda.
0: And what will we be having this evening?
2: Roast duck.
0: Roast duck.
2: With garlic-roasted potatoes.
0: Huh. That's actually one of my favorites. Is that true? Well, you know, Fowlin's mother did make some mean potatoes, as they were a common, easy-to-feed-a-family type meal. They'd start rattling off a story of, uh, you know, back in Tabor.
2: She does that. Mmm. And nod. Come, <laughs> Master Finneges, before your food gets cold.
0: Right.
3: And she ushers you towards the outside.
0: So he will. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Dinner's outside.
3: Yeah, dinner, outside.
0: Classic. You hungry? Uh. Uh. I think they got some uh, over here.
1: He raises an eyebrow at you. Not allowed to eat with the little lord.
0: Right. <laughs> I, I, there's not really anyone here to ask questions or anything, so there's not much to do besides have a meal.
3: Yeah, and enjoy the day. Though you can see. And feel the weather is a bit cooler. You can feel that you've gone into the fall and the sun is beginning to set.
0: He'll look at the sunset and think to himself, this is it. This is what you wanted. I've made it. I haven't earned it yet, but I have made it. I will earn it. I will earn this.
3: Um, as you are staring off into the sunset, you roll a perception check for me.
0: That is, that is a pretty good roll. That's a 20 plus 8 for a 28.
3: You see off in the distance a rider coming down the main road between the line of trees. You see what appears to be the Raylundian griffin waving on a banner behind him. And he quickly approaches towards the veranda where you are sitting, and Vlasic, who is sitting on the stairs, stands up. He sort of has his hand resting on his weapon at his side. And Tully looks with a concerned expression as this man halts his horse in front of the manor and he speaks up. Is the Baron in? Uh, he is not. He looks over towards you. I have a message for him.
0: Right. What is the message?
3: He reaches towards his side and lifts up a scroll uh, of parchment. I'm here
1: to deliver summons. It can only be received by the man of the house or our family? I am such. And you are
0: Finnicus Asher.
1: He dismounts from
3: his Aquinthian and begins walking up the steps. Vlasic intercedes him and doesn't take the letter, but he is looking at this guard and looks back towards you.
0: been wanting to fill the role, he is going to try to play this off as if this is what his life has been. So he's going to well, he'll stand up, he'll go up and take the message and try to be very you know, right and right about it.
3: Okay. What does right and right about it mean?
0: Oh, I don't know. He's, he's been taking lessons. I haven't been.
3: Okay, so... i got a
0: knowledge and for that.
3: Sure. You could, you could roll to, to determine what the proper protocol would be for this. At 13? Finn, you realize that it would probably be best to order Vlasic to at least step back a little bit, since this is a guard of Rayland. And you believe that you should be able to receive this without any difficulty. After all, you... Are a family member.
0: Well, just got (coughs) some space.
3: Vlasic looks at you a little surprised. He scoffs a little bit, but then steps back. And you reach your hand to take the part from the guard. And as you grab hold of it, you feel some resistance. And you can see that he's looking at you with a inquisitive glance, looking you up and down, as though he recognizes something
1: about you. Have, Have we met before?
0: I don't believe so. What is your name? Reginald. Reginald. Right. Thank you for your service.
1: He looks you in the eyes and still holding on to the paper. These are tumultuous times indeed. Prepare yourself, boy. War is coming. Whoa.
3: And he releases the parchment from his hand before curtly turning back towards his mount and quickly climbing atop of it.
1: The Baron must report to the capital immediately upon his return. I am off to deliver the other summons. The nobles are gathering, and he rides off.
2: Well, I should say. Quite exciting, Master Finnicus.
0: That's definitely a word you could use for it. I've read stories about war, but I've never been around it. My closest thing was a, a family feud with the McGinnises.
1: <laughs> oh, I've heard of them. The classic sort of chimes in.
0: Really? Have you ever been to Tabor?
1: No, but I've heard of them.
0: Is that the the Bach Hotel of this world? Do they have (laughs) McGuinness? The the Irish. Is the McGuinness Ale uh, the the arch enemy (laughs) of the Asher wine?
3: Yes, 100%. Uh,
0: Yeah, Finn really wants to know what's in this letter.
3: You are currently holding this parchment. It seems to be sealed. And you see the emblem of a griffin on it. You are assuming must be... The King's Seal?
0: Uh, seal of noble stature of some form or fashion. Read this now or take it to the one who's in charge here. Definitely the butler.
1: That's up to you. Yeah,
0: Yep, yeah, that's a choice that has to be made. Mm. Yeah, No, the giving... Yeah, he doesn't have any specific instructions. He didn't learn anything to tell him not to do this. Uh, he'll go down to the table make sure his back isn't turned towards Vlasic. Mm -hmm. No shoulder peeping.
3: Vlasic has walked over to a nearby beam. He leans up against it and seems to be looking out over the front garden and just observing it. He doesn't seem to care what you do. The only thing he seemed to care about is you disappearing from his sight, and that's about it.
0: He's going to make sure his hands are clean and read the letter. He's going to break that seal.
3: Okay, so you sit down and you carefully run your finger along the line of paper underneath, lifting the flap, and you feel as the seal pops up. You do a perfect cut of it and you begin to unscroll this paper. And you see it is indeed a summons, saying something along the lines of you are hereby summoned by the High Council of Rayland to join in the interrogation of the suspects believed to be involved in the slaying of Arctur Dominus, last of his name and king of Rayland. By the power vested in us by our founder and first king, Rayland Dominus, we the High Council of the tribes of Senim, we hereby instantiate Desmond of House Grey to be king-regent to maintain public order until such a time that our new king is chosen."
0: After reading that, he will address those around him. Uh, Prepare for Grandfather to be in a rather sour mood after learning this.
3: Classic doesn't respond. He doesn't seem to care much. Tuli,
2: pensively smiles. Nothing to worry your head over, Master Finneges. I will take this to the butler. Thank you, Tuli. And she sort of grabs it from your
3: hands relatively quickly.
0: Can I sense why? Can I get an idea why she's doing this? So
3: you want to sense motive? Yeah, I
0: want to sense that motive.
3: Sure. You can try and determine, um, based on a hunch, what might be going on here.
0: Yeah, Whether it's out of fear or interest or instinct or... 22.
3: You can tell that she is doing this seemingly out of concern for you. And also as though she has her own personal motives as if she is greedily grasping at this paper, trying to get something from it.
0: Right. Make sure it gets to him. post haste.
2: Of course, Master
0: Finnekes. As you wish. vasik I'm going on a walk. You coming?
3: <sighs> he sighs heavily, stands up from where he is, and just looks at you, waiting. As you are beginning to walk around the house, you realize that you are losing daylight quickly as the sun is setting. And as you come around the back side of the house, you see that there are well-tended gardens all around. All the bushes are well-manicured, and the flowers are all in perfect bloom. There is not a weed in sight.
0: Whether out of habit or perpetual interest, are there any amaryllis?
3: There are no amaryllis flowers here. But you realize that your time has run out, and you return to your room... For the evening, the next few days are almost completely identical to the first, where you spend hours learning and have very little free time to yourself. But during all of that time, you still did not see your grandfather or your mother.
0: Uh, he would definitely ask um, the butler at his very first convenience if he got the summons and if it's made its way to Grandfather yet.
1: Baron Asher has received the summons. You will be returning in a few days, momentarily. Is there anything that I can help you with, Master Ah, uh,
0: I haven't seen Mother around the manor.
1: Ah, yes. She is unwell, Master Finnicus.
0: Right. Perhaps I could uh, prepare a brief visit in the evening.
1: I do not believe that would be possible, Master Finnekes.
0: Is she not here?
1: The Baron has ordered strict bed rest for her.
0: How poor of health. (laughs) It's like, I just got a mother. I haven't had one for a very long time, and now she's going to- Do not worry
1: yourself of it, Master Finnekes. Perhaps when the Baron returns, he can schedule a meeting between the two of you. For now, return to your room. And he seems rather forceful about this
0: then we'll retire okay need to be rested for this next day of intense learning
3: yes so Finavir, you return to your room this is probably about day five that you've been here and as you go into your room you notice that there seems to be a small chest in one of your cabinets that you don't remember being there before It's about nine inches long. It's relatively sizable, almost like it's a coin chest. It does have some heft to it.
0: What's this? It'll go and examine it.
3: As you open it up, you see that Isabel is lying on top of a few items. You see your seeker emblem, your sketching supplies and other artistry tools that you had brought with you. You also see that your compass and a part of the cloth that you had brought with you the ones with the amaryllis on it as well I think you had like a little uh, clip of it right a little amaryllis
0: yes yes yeah dependent
3: that is there as well you also see that there is a note tucked away in the corner of this box
0: all right I'll eagerly read it
3: a token for your trust not all is as it seems never stop searching for the truth.
0: He'll start looking over his shoulder and start going, Where? Who? Isabel? Who brought you here?
3: Isabel looks very neutral right now. The only thing, it's neutral, but there's also a somewhat of sadness in her eyes. And his voice echoes in your head. Why don't you love me? I'll
0: brush its cheek and say it so softly. I missed you.
4: A little little weird there, Finnevere.
0: I think what happened was Finnevere was afraid of Isabel and put on the persona to make sure she wasn't mad at him. But at some point, that satire turned into a reality.
4: (laughs) That was amazing. She
3: became a lifeline. Someone he could talk to and could always trust.
0: Mm -hmm. The person who refocused him when he was lost. And Finn is reminded of this, and he whispers to himself, Whatever did happen to Father?
3: You go to sleep. And once again, the next day begins with just hard lessons for you. But the Baron does come back. Ah, Finnegus. Here, I have a gift for you. A gift? He reaches his hand out and holds out a small
1: golden pin. You are now an apprentice, poor Asher wineries. You are officially enrolled at the Merchants Guild. And I heard that you were inquiring about your mother. I can arrange for you and her to have some meetings in the evenings if you would like.
0: I would appreciate that very much. As I appreciate this, I have aspired to my role in the, the Merchants Guild for some time. I look forward to doing you proud. He
3: smiles proudly at your Enthusiasm, and he puts a hand on your shoulder and squeezes. Yes. And he looks at you with this sad expression in his eyes, though a smile is on his face. It's almost as if he is looking past you at something else. But enough of that. Dinner, then. Right. And you have dinner with your grandfather for the first time.
0: So... This is something he's been looking forward to. Dinner with family. I mean, he didn't know he had a grandfather, but he'll take it. He's got an eager ear there. He's waiting for grandfather to say something, uh, something he's excited about. Heck, even complain about something.
3: So Finnevere is sitting at the table, eating his meal, waiting for his grandfather to initiate a conversation. But this man is stoic. He sits very properly at the table. He eats with perfect precision in every cut of his meat, even chewing. It's almost like a perfect count for each piece he puts in his mouth.
0: Alright. I know Finn knows that table talk is not improper because he was already at a noble's table and they talked plenty. (laughs) Uh, Unless the greys are barbarians. In that case, that explains why they got uh, so well along with Smoot
4: the greys are barbarians. Tell that to Vale, and next time you see him.
0: Well, you know, ask the common folk. They'll say the greys are barbarians.
4: <laughs> oof. A little yeah.
0: bit of dark humor.
3: Uh, oof. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, was there anything that you wanted to say to your grandfather as the silence is not being broken by him? And actually, this is the first time you've seen any servants besides the butler in the house. They're all standing around the edges of the room. Their heads are bowed and their hands are Neatly placed over their stomachs, as they are very intent on keeping the atmosphere perfect.
0: So, after Finn Rex's brain, I'm thinking of all of his lessons, seeing if he could bring up a topic and tell him what he learned to impress him. But he thinks no, 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 no. This is all, this is all trivial stuff. Uh, he'll be more offended than. Ah, you can think of one thing of interest, and that will be. I was there when the summons came in. They said all the nobles will be meeting. They said "Uh, report to the capital for any questions. I presume you'll be heading out in the morning?
3: You hear the distinct sound of silverware coming into contact with the porcelain dinnerware. He continues to cut his meat and take a few more bites. There is a long silence before he responds. He takes a napkin and dabs his face.
1: Do not worry yourself with that. Finnegus. Worry more about your studies. Right. Ah, yes. I have determined, though, that you and your mother can meet during your lunches. That way at least you'll have some daytime to spend with her. But you are a busy man, Finnegus. And he smiles, a very toothy smile towards you,
3: which fades away as he dabs his mouth once again and places his napkin back in his lap. And you see as the servant's almost like a dance one approaches from the left grabbing his plate while another approaches and places dessert in front of him and they do the same to you all almost as if it is in the same perfect rhythm
0: it's gonna be it'll be a watch his grandfather and try to mimic it in some way the timing and making sure his cuts are good. That I'm sure they're not as good. It takes him a little bit more time to get through that cut of meat.
3: Roll knowledge, nobility. I feel like oh, that would be good. Oh,
0: all right. All right. Here we go. That is an 18.
3: Oh yeah. You're, you're still a bit hesitant with the cuts, but you start to fall into the same rhythm as your grandfather. When he lifts his fork, you lift yours. When he cuts into his dessert, you cut into your dessert Almost as if you are keeping a perfect rhythm with him
0: on the inside Finn's a bit defeated as he's normally the talkative type but he can't win this argument he can't feel like he doesn't feel like there's any way to win this
3: what is it he wants to win
0: approval <laughs> to some smaller but existent degree affection
4: that's gonna be a hard one
0: <laughs> if Finn can't use his whirl of words, He'll have to use his actions. He'll double down on his studies. Triple okay. down. Do whatever it takes.
3: Okay. So, as your grandfather said, the next day, you actually do have a lunch with your mother. And this occurs over several days where you have interactions with your mother at lunch. And we can have part of that if you would like.
0: Um, We can do it either way. As long sure. as I still get to ask questions.
3: Absolutely. Ask a question, and I will answer as best as I can. So you are currently sitting with your mother at lunch. You are actually in the back garden, and there is tea and crimpets.
0: How are you, Mother?
1: Oh, I am very well, Vinegis, yes.
0: Glad to hear you have recovered.
1: She
3: smiles and seems to be processing that information. You can see that she is dressed. Decadently, even more so than the first day that you saw her. She is wearing larger jewels around the nape of her neck. They complement her skin tone well, but it seems almost to be a bit much, almost as if she is hungry for more. And you can see as she examines the jewels that she is wearing on her hands as she is speaking with you. Ah, yes,
1: I just had a bit of a cold is all.
0: I'm very relieved to hear that you're doing well. Have you been here this whole time since we were separated?
3: Yes. There's very long pause between her answer and your question.
0: I suppose I should know at some point. What ever happened to father? I have such vague memories of him I can scarcely remember his face.
1: Ah. Your father? Yes. Well,
3: she thinks about this for a bit, but as she prepares
1: a response, you see as the butler approaches, Lady Asher, you are being requested by the baron. Oh, I'm of course. I am so sorry, Finnekes. I must go.
0: Right. I wouldn't want to keep grandfather waiting. It was good to see you.
3: Yes, and she walks over and attempts to give you a hug.
0: His hug would probably be more of a, you know, a southern type, as you lived in, you know, the backwaters.
3: What does a southern hug look like?
0: Oh, a southern hug looks like you come up from underneath and almost raise up a little bit as uh, it is firm.
3: As she is preparing to leave herself, you stand up as a gentleman would, but then you proceed with your hick ways And you kind of pick her up. Oh,
1: then <sighs> a kiss. Put me down.
0: Oh, uh, apologies. Right.
1: I shall see you tomorrow, perhaps.
0: Yes, uh, tomorrow perhaps indeed.
3: And she places her hand on your cheek. My dear Finnegis. And she leaves it there for a relatively long time. Maybe a bit longer than a normal person would be comfortable with. Before she withdraws it and begins to walk back inside.
0: He'll go back to studying, but he'll want to catch the butler before he leaves at the end of the day. I try to ask him a question.
3: Um. So you get towards the end of your study with the, with the butler, who has been giving you very grueling homework, which is ironic because you're already at home, so you kind of just do it there. In particular today, he's giving you a large stack of books, seemingly to keep
1: you very busy.
0: Right. And the ripe berries and the oxidation the aging process. And
1: remember, Finicus, of all the things balance, body, and brilliance, these are the mottos your grandfather lives by. And that is what has made his winery so
0: successful. Right. Balance, body, brilliance. As right a motto for a man as it is a fine wine. He
1: smiles. All right. Best be off with you.
0: Right. A quick word a question if you would. This subject of father a rather sour subject with mother. I'm a bit ill informed of the uh, uh any incident of his departure, and it would be prudent as to not, you know, disturb the order round if I were to be able to be more cautious around my uh my speech, but I can't really do that being uninformed.
3: He had turned towards this chalkboard and had begun erasing the board. And as you brought this question to his attention, he stops and turns towards you.
1: Perhaps a better question suited for your grandfather. It is indeed a sensitive subject.
0: He's going to push his like a little here. Okay. Which is why I figured it'd be better not to ask him directly as... Not to ruin his air of a perfect mood. I thought it might be better to just uh, learn if it was a sensitive subject. I'd rather not step on grandfather's toes. He's done so much for me, if you would.
3: Royal diplomacy, please.
0: Yes. A 26.
1: Okay. Very well. Ask your question then, Master Finnegis. I will answer what I can.
0: I guess my question, to put it simply, is... More specifically, what happened to Father? Why is he not in the picture? Not around? He puts
3: down the eraser and walks over to you, his hands placed behind
1: his back as he stands more upright. Master Morpheus decided it was best for him to step away from the family business for a time. We do not know where he is.
0: And this was always coming a sense motive check. Sure. Sixteen.
1: You are unable
3: to discern whether or not this man is lying to you. You know that he is very wise, and that he is careful with his words. And in the past, there really hasn't been much to indicate that this man has lied to you so far.
0: No, just that he is careful.
3: Just that he is very careful with his words.
0: Right. Well, that is all I had to ask, I suppose. Balance, body, and brilliance. Yes. I'll see you in the morning.
3: He nods and gestures for you to head out before him, as he is still cleaning up the room. When you get back to your room, you see that Tuli is currently drawing you a bath.
2: I've drawn your bath, Master Finickies. If there's anything else you need, please ring the bell as you always do. Right. You do so. She
3: smiles back before... She goes through the secret door and disappears on her own, wherever that may be. And you take a bath. Roll a perception check for me. Eighteen. As you get up out of your bath and prepare yourself for sleep, you lift up one of your pajama bottoms and you find that there is a note there.
0: All right. Note.
3: It says, there is something important I must tell you. Meet me outside of the drawing room window in the early morning. Don't be late, and make sure there are no prying eyes or ears.
0: Where is the drawing room?
3: You know that it is on the first floor, towards one of the gardens that you enjoy eating in with your mother, but you know that it's near the corner of the manor.
0: Vindicus is going to ring his bell, Uh, uh, unless Tuli's already there. At, uh, after the...
3: No, it's night time. She left through the, the secret door that you know is there, but you don't know how to activate it.
0: Uh, he's going to pay extra close attention this time.
3: Okay. She comes in through the door. You can roll perception check if you're trying to observe how the door works.
0: Yes. Uh, 24.
3: You see that there is a small recess in the frame... It's actually on the floor, and you never really would have caught it if you weren't paying much attention, but you see that there's a slight indentation that she presses with her foot that seems to unlock something.
0: Ben needs to take careful mental awareness right now. Does he know if Vlasic is outside his door, even at night?
3: You're not sure. You you know that he's always there when you leave your room in the mornings, but you've never really left your room at night.
0: He'll speak in Ash tones.
2: What is it, Master Finnekes?
0: Tuli, I feel like I can trust you. I need some time in the morning. I was hoping that if you could make sure that no one comes to my room, and if I am to be late, if you could stall, more or less. I will be back, and shortly, but I need some time to myself in the morning.
2: Where are you going, Master Finnekes?
0: I'll be here, on the premises, but something I need to check out. Can you do this for me, Tuli?
2: I will do anything you ask, Master Finikis.
0: Thank you, Tully. This will say ever so softly.
2: She smiles
3: and then goes through the door.
0: Um, I would stop her unless I already knew this. You, I'm on the second story.
3: Yes, you're on the second floor.
0: Is there something that he could tie a rope to? You uh, think the, that the,
3: perhaps the leg of the bed?
0: It it was described to be a big bed.
3: Or the desk.
0: Uh. Anyway, so he will stop her once again. Where does that... Uh, he'll point to the um the entrance. Uh, where does that lead to, actually?
2: The servants always, Master Finikis.
0: Would I be noticed if I were to use them even once and briefly?
2: Absolutely. You would probably be lost.
0: Right. Do you think you could bring some rope before morning?
2: I will do my best, Master Finikis. No guarantees. You always do. Is there anything else you're going to stop me for before I leave? Or may I go to bed?
0: You may. Good night, Julie.
2: She kind of chuckles
3: as she walks through the servant's door and closes it behind her. And you go to bed?
0: Yep, yeah, there's nothing else I can do.
3: You wake up the next day and you find that there is some very fine rope in your room. It's not very long. You probably have about 10 feet of rope.
0: Could makeshift the blanket, you know, in prison style. He'll try to practice that. Okay. See if he can tie the edge and see if it's something that he thinks will work.
3: Okay. Roll survival.
0: Grand total. Two.
3: Oh, yeah. No. You realize without Charles Smoot here, you forgot how to tie a solid knot. Every time you think you have it, you realize that the knot just slips right out. You could attempt to take ten here, if you would like.
0: That would be a total of ten. He'll try again. Take ten. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a zero. I have no points into it, and a wisdom score of zero is quite average. Okay. Uh, How does it look?
3: It looks more sturdy than the first one. The first many that you tied. You're not sure how well it will hold you, but you think it might give you a little bit of time to maneuver yourself down before you fall.
0: Long and short, can you reach it to come back up? No. No.
3: There'd be no way.
0: What about a jump?
3: There would be no way. You're looking at, like, the ceilings are, like, 10 feet on average.
0: Um, This isn't, like, an American suburbs. What is the wall made out of? Is that climbable?
3: It's potential that you could climb it, yeah.
0: All right, then we're, we're just going to risk it for the biscuit then. Uh, so, yeah, Um, uh, unfortunately, he put him totally through all this effort. Uh, he's going to you know, put that rope at the bottom of the basket.
3: He hangs the rope out of the window and then pulls it back in, realizing it's not enough.
0: Sigh. Uh, he has a newfound... Determination and what he needs to do.
3: If you're going to climb, I need you to roll your climb check.
0: He is going to jump. Uh, so I imagine this is no more than a 20 foot fall.
3: Mm-hmm. The first 10 feet.
0: Uh, which means I can, can make an acrobatics. acrobatics check.
3: Yes, to avoid the damage.
0: Acrobatics check. It's a morning. Yeah. That is a natural 20 plus 6. 26.
3: You ignore the first uh, 10 feet of fall damage. Correct non-lethal. You land properly in a roll, but you finish it by landing on your back afterwards. And you do feel like the wind is slightly knocked out of you, but you realize that you are okay and you brush yourself off as you right yourself. You can hear the sound of some servants who seem to be trimming bushes in the garden, but they don't seem to have noticed you.
0: Uh, this is immediate full stealth mode.
3: Okay. Stealth check.
0: Twenty-two.
3: You begin sneaking your way through the gardens, dodging around some of the bushes as you hear servants walking by. Then you manage to make your way towards the era you were told to meet. Though you don't know who you're meeting exactly, but you can roll a perception check.
0: Eighteen.
3: You see as the windows that are on this side of the building are partially cracked and you see that there is a slight breeze passing through the room from one side to the other, billowing out some of the curtains. And you hear your grandfather's voice inside. He seems frustrated.
1: You are too rigid with him. I expected more Maria. What should I say then when he asks about his father? (sighs) Drive the conversation away from that. We do not need to be touching on that subject. Do you understand me, woman? Now, start again. Ah, Finnakis. What a lovely day. I'm so glad to see you here. You realize then that this is Lissandra
3: speaking, and she's saying your name as though she is rehearsing something.
0: Finn is confused. He is having a hard time even processing this. He just got a family, then now it's fake, is. is she not his mother? Is is the baron not even his grandfather? What's what's even going on here?
3: Phinevere, as you are thinking that, all of a sudden you hear footsteps quickly begin approaching towards the window that you are sitting underneath of. They do sound like male footsteps based on the shoe type.
0: Is there anywhere to hide?
3: You are in a garden and there are plenty of bushes around.
0: Would it be unrealistic to hide or se, inside one of these bushes.
3: You could try. That's a stealth.
0: So that's what it's going to come to. That's an eight. I assume it's one of those really hard bushes that are just super dense.
3: Yeah, Phinecus, you try to dive into this bush and you feel as thorns prick against your side. You realize you've tried diving right into the rose bush, which has plenty of briars inside of it. and You can feel them pricking your skin and through your clothing. You're making a good bit of racket through here, but you just hear as the window above you sort of closes shut, but you catch the last phrase,
1: continue on with your lessons here, woman, and I will go find my grandson. And the window shuts.
0: All right. Uh, he is going to, as quickly as stealth allows, make his way back to his room. And if he can see that it's clear, he'll quicken his pace. You
3: pull yourself out from the bushes and you realize that you are dirtier than you remember being. You mm-hmm. see that you have cuts on your hands and your cheeks with tiny little red lines. Not really dripping blood, but they are definitely going to be visible.
0: <laughs> so he'll rush back to the the area where he attempted to climb up.
3: Okay. Go ahead and roll your climb check.
0: Looks oh, good stuff here.
3: Everything seems like the area is clear at this time.
0: All right, this this has got to be a hot roll here because I have four in climb as Finn needs to eat his Wheaties someday. And hot roll it is!
3: I was about to say, is this where Finavir discovers he wants to be a rogue?
0: Uh, This is where he realizes those are the skills he needs to survive. Um, uh, That is a 22.
3: Whether or not it is pure adrenaline or luck, you bound your way up the side of this building, grabbing onto footholds that you would not have even realized were there. You don't even know how you got up to your window at this point. You just know that you had to get there before your grandfather came.
0: All right. And Mm. you
3: basically take your hands, grabbing onto the windowsill, and you launch yourself over it, landing in the room. You see the rope is still sort of sprawled out and tied against the uh, post of your bed. It seems a bit messy in here.
0: He'll throw the rope under the bed and immediately grab for any white cloth that he can find that is, you know, meant to be used as a cloth.
3: You know that the bathroom is usually well-stocked with white linen towels.
0: He'll grab a cloth. And I never thought this would be used in such dramatic fashion. It is time for the most important tide to woe of his life. Okay.
3: So you begin to do this There are footsteps echoing down the hallway towards Finamir's room as he is tied to woeing, his wounds fading off of his body as he quickly hides away the injuries from the bushes. But then, Finamir, you hear a knock at the door.
0: All right. uh, He'll be wiping his face, uh, probably with a different cloth. Takes a quick examination of himself.
3: You check yourself over. Go ahead and roll a perception check.
0: 25.
3: You check yourself over. And you realize that there is a small seam on your coat that you missed that might require some mending that Tide to Woe can't repair. But you don't have time. Nope. As you realize the knocking on the door is getting a bit louder, and you hear Baron Asher's voice outside of it. Renegades, open the door.
0: Right. And he'll open the door.
3: He smiles at you as you pull the door back. You see your grandfather standing there. Appearing very well-dressed, pristine, as always. Wearing silver cufflinks, they look brand new. You can see that he has his Merchants Guild pin
1: on his collar. Ah, my boy, I see you are already dressed. Perfect. Make sure you grab your Merchants' pin. We're going to the city today. Right.
0: An exciting day. What are we doing? he will go and fetch the pendant as he's talking and uh, dresses it in the mirror.
1: Today you will be getting a personal lesson from me. He looks
3: you up and down, examining you very carefully. You see his brow furrows as he seems to focus in on a spot on your clothing. His expression goes from an enthusiastic smile to one of disappointment and frustration. He snaps his fingers and almost immediately
1: you see as the butler appears next to him. The serving girl. Does she allow his clothes to remain in such condition? And you can see as
3: a rage flares in his eyes, the butler looks at you and then looks at your clothing. And you can see his face somber slightly, but is stern.
1: I shall see that the matter is addressed. Post haste. It shall not happen again. No, it will not. I want her fired. And he turns and begins to walk away very quickly. Come, Finnegas. We must be off.
0: Um, Ben would think to himself, I have to act fast. Um Is there a chair in the room that Ben stays in?
4: A
3: chair?
0: Yes, and I need to know what material is made of.
3: There is a chair and it's made of wood.
0: Grandfather, you should know, or it might be in your interest to know.
3: He's like halfway down the hall.
0: Oh he's Ben is chasing him down. Okay. Grandfather It may be in your best interest to know that this tear did happen this morning. As I was dressing myself on the seat, I stood up at a rather awkward angle and caught the corner. Uh, These were well-mended last night and cleaned, as you can see.
3: He slows down and does a half-turn towards you. So the furniture is not in pristine condition, then he looks even more frustrated at this point.
0: Well, I should say it's more of a design choice than its actual condition, but I'll leave that up to your judgment.
3: He seems confused by that statement. Um, but I do want you to roll a bluff, by the way, for oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, that yeah, previous yeah. roll before we we jump into it.
0: I would like to use the inspired roll for this bluff. Sure. First one's a natural two. Come on! That's a lot better. Total of 26.
3: His response is still the same from the first part. I realize that should have been beforehand. him. Okay. He looks at you dubiously. What do you
1: mean, a design flaw?
0: Well, perhaps if it was more rounded and uh, less edges, this uh, wouldn't be as prone to happen. But perhaps it is my flaw for standing up so eagerly without carefulness.
3: He frowns at that, looking frustrated. He turns fully towards you, his arms crossing his chest.
1: My boy. An Asher must be without flaws.
0: Which is why I will never let this happen again.
1: What is it that you are asking me, Finnecus? I do not like when people try to mince their words. You seem to want something, boy. Spit it out.
0: Simply, if there is punishment on this issue, then it is delivered appropriately. I do not believe the maid... Whichever one it was, was the one who failed their task.
1: My boy, Finnekes, I need you to understand something. If you do something wrong, the one who must pay is not you. This is your punishment, then, boy. And he gestures for the butler. Very well. She may keep her job, but five swats. The butler seems to nod in understanding. Very well, Master Morpheus.
0: Ben would look back towards Tuli with a sorrowful look on his face and just say quietly, Right.
3: You turn to look for Tuli where you always remember seeing her, which is usually inside of your room, but you realize that she is not there. But rather, she seems to be standing outside of your room to the side. She's overheard this overall conversation. You can tell that her head is bowed and she seems to be contemplating some things of her own. But you see that her eyes peek towards you and she gives you a partial smile as if everything is going to be alright.
0: Alright. On with our exciting day.
3: <laughs> oh yeah! How does Finre feel after that? She's not being fired, but she's, she's still getting punished.
0: It seems that if Grandfather and Asher can do nothing wrong, then he was not in error of his judgment, regardless of the lack of information. Therefore, if she was the one to be punished, there's no way to go back on that. He is stuck in every decision he makes. So you are choosing a life of stubbornness, <laughs> and there's no way out if you commit to this lifestyle.
4: <sighs> we gotta love him.
0: This, this is politics.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is politics.
3: So, Finn, you make your way towards the capital. You've been staying at the Asher Estate for a little over two months now, and as you peer out the window of your carriage, you catch a glimpse of the white walls, which are charred in various places. There's a faint smell of burnt pine in the air. The city streets seem mostly barren and solemn as black drapes billow in the mountain breeze. A city in mourning. And your grandfather's... Carriage essentially drives you both up to the Merchants Guild. This place continues to be very lively, and you see that the Merchants are continuing about their daily business. Your grandfather walks in. As soon as he does, almost everybody stops and looks in his direction. Vlasic is accompanying you from behind, as always. Like a loyal dog, he trails behind, although... To what exactly? You're sure it's the money.
0: Classic, classic.
3: Classic, classic. And your grandfather gives you a very brief tour of the facilities, and you observe him in all of his glory and radiance. This man is pure business. He is striking deals left and right. He literally is talking about selling casks of the wine for thousands of gold pieces and transporting them, and he's hiring people to traverse the countryside with with these casks. And you even get to sample some. It is delicious.
1: It is the best wine you have ever had, and the finest wine you have ever had. That, my boy, is a hundred gold worth that you just sipped.
0: It sure tastes like it. Uh, No wonder the... The ashes are so popular.
1: And wealthy.
0: And wealthy.
1: Money is power, Finnegis. Money is power. I believe you have spent enough time studying. But today, take some time. Explore the guild.
0: Thank you, Grandfather.
1: He smiles. And this is a bit
3: softer than he usually smiles. But again, the look that he has given you is not one that is looking at you, but looking through you past you, almost at something with a longing in his eyes.
0: Finn would look back at his grandfather and looking for recognition, but that's not what he sees. This is something else. Finn puts on a smile and says, right, I will not let this day go to waste. Finn will have his fill. He'll go around and explore and see what there is, what are the lines for How full are the booths?
3: Perception check.
0: It is a 24.
3: It is very large. The Merchants Guild itself is almost like in this very large building on its own. Although the front of it is mostly open, it's built into part of the mountainside, almost like it cuts into the heart of it. This place is extremely active. You see people well-dressed beyond what you could even imagine. It doesn't appear necessarily that there are shops in this place, but rather it is a common area for the merchants to gather, to discuss business and propose ideas and plans. There are some stalls here, but not necessarily for goods you can just pick up. This is for artisan things that you can only find once in a lifetime. But you see a very familiar white cap passing through the crowd. and. Dark-skinned man, from behind. And you see, and you realize, you're looking at David.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, no, Finn would definitely approach him. As I live and breathe.
3: He turns towards your
4: voice. Vinavir, it is good to see you. He... Uh,
0: I'm afraid if uh, you know someone by that name, uh, he's not here. You're talking to Finnicus Asher. What? He looks very confused. You changed your name? No, Dad. I had it wrong this entire time. Finn leans into David rather quickly and mutters quietly, "It would be best for both of our health if you keep it to Finicus Asher for now." All right?
4: I'm just going to call you Finn, then. I've, I've done that before, so it shouldn't be a big deal. But I'm surprised that you're still here.
0: And why is that? Well, I mean, you're still here, yeah.
4: You've seen the city, right? It was on fire not that long ago. A lot has
0: happened. Was not Does Finn know about the king? He
4: saw
3: in the note that there was something about the king's murder.
4: Yeah, this place was on fire not that long ago. It's been about two months since then.
0: Well, I'm sure that you didn't let that pendulum shift pass you by.
4: No, I did not. But I couldn't just very well leave. I'll tell you what's been over Finicus, I'm sorry about that. You know, the adventuring life is not for me. So I figured I would stay here and be a sort of financial background for the party.
0: Well, uh, I've come to about a similar decision.
4: Really? Interesting. I never I saw uh, you as the sit-down kind of guy.
0: Uh, well, I am the sit-down kind of guy. I'm, I'm studying my best, as I am Vinicus Asher of Asher Wineries. Definitely no relation to that other person that you mentioned. Finn takes out a piece of paper and starts writing a note to David as discreetly as possible.
3: Okay, then I'm going to need you to roll a sleight-of-hand check for me.
0: All right. That's 24 for sleight-of-hand.
3: And what does he write down on this note?
0: Something along the lines of, can't talk openly.
3: David looks down at the note and... Quickly, skims it and then looks back at you, nodding slightly in understanding, and then continues on with the conversation as if putting on airs.
4: No, 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 no. You are such a kiddler, Vinares. Yes.
0: (laughs) I quite serious, actually. Oh, wow, wow! Uh, That is really cool. Show him the pin. Oh,
4: an apprentice. He shows you his. He's a journeyman, which is one tier higher than a apprentice. <laughs> he can practice on his own.
0: I'll, always one step ahead. <laughs> you do work fast. I do. What's it take to get a leg up on the competition?
4: A uh, funny story about that. I actually upscaled too much, and now I'm in real estate.
0: Properties? Ben uh, thinking, is like, you know, if there was a huge event of, you know, lots of people being evicted or running away... There'd be a lot of property changing, so that sounds like a very David thing to get into when the pendulum shifts.
4: It has been keeping me very busy since I have been here. But how, how have you been? Are you okay? Or you seem to have lost some weight.
0: Uh, have I? Uh, well, I've been eating well. Finn would write on the note, I'm not sure.
3: He once again looks down at the note, reading it quickly, and he froze his brow. But then looks back up at you and smiles,
4: snapping his fingers. Before I forget, I have a message for
0: you. Message?
4: Varen came in town. Apparently, he lowers his voice and just is in him. Mm-hmm. You know that Vlasic has been behind you this entire time. Not
3: directly behind. He's keeping his distance, but he's keeping an eye on you all the same.
4: But, but you know, apparently, party, uh, Charles... Kelsey and Valen they managed to escape they went to Farron and they stayed with her for a bit before they left but Charles wanted me to let you know that they are moving on and heading back to Lamb's Respite and he wished you well
0: oh, that's very Charles of him
4: it's not as if they had much choice I mean you heard about their rumor of Valen killing the king right?
0: It's this the first time Finn's heard that?
4: yeah
0: oh, there's, there's just no way
4: I agree but there is nothing that we can do about that right now. Besides, there is a rumor going around that the Seekers were involved in the killing of the king. That's why I haven't been able to leave, and I've also had to keep this badge hidden in Pats's pocket. Also, there was a rumor briefly about the Red Guard being involved, but that was quickly quelled.
0: Well, if you're asking me, there's one person I could think of that would be capable of the job. We knew it was in town, but... That's kind of not something I'd rather fixate on. Uh, Finn's getting a bit deeper in this conversation than you'd like. Also, I—he's probably too shocked by the the news of Valen to start coming to conclusions anyway. The player thinks that the only person capable of the job in the city that he knows knows of that's high enough levels, John Xavier. But we'll see how the the tables turn. don't enough about that. It's. Not like anything we can do about it anyway.
4: Fair point.
0: Fair enough. Uh, also, um, do your best not to use that other name. If used even once more, it could cause some trouble.
3: David nods in understanding, looking you up and down and seeming to take you all in. And he leans into you to give you a sort of hug. And you hear him whisper,
4: If you need help, let me know. I am here for you friends, after all.
3: And then he lets go, leaning back and smiling and going back to the other face he had on as he was talking with
4: you. You know what? I'm glad for you, Finnevere, that you are happy in this place and that you have found your calling, because here I imagine that you would be out there selling paintings and sketches of beautiful landscapes and women. I don't know about the women part, but you know. Kelsey, see see, it works.
0: I wouldn't say that my sketches are anything that special. I'll see what I can work up for you.
4: Right. Take care of yourself, Pin. Make sure you're doing what you want to do. You know where to find me if you need me, though, right? And he winks at you.
0: Didn't we get like checkers? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is it here? you will point at the ground, like, like this place. If I you here.
4: I mean. Yes, I do daily tours of David's real estate. You can come and tour some properties with me or something. But yes, you can find me here. It points exactly where you're pointing. Anyway, I have a woman over there who is ready to look at some properties. And look up there. She's waving me over. I'll talk to you later, Finn. Farewell. And he
3: waves and begins to walk off. And you continue to peruse around the area.
0: So I start checking out everything. Is it anything stick out in particular?
3: Sure, roll a perception check.
0: That is a 15.
3: As you are walking through this area, again, you spot someone that you think you recognize. You see a glimpse of reddish hair and a feminine figure, someone that you haven't seen in years. You just catch a very brief glimpse of her face as she is currently standing at a stall and she sort of turns and walks the other direction but you know that you've seen her before
0: eyeless he'll whisper softly and start following trying to confirm his suspicions
3: you begin following after this woman after a while you see that Her hood kind of gets brushed back off of her, and you do see that it is eyeless. When the last time you saw her, she was a very bright young woman who had a lot going for her, and she looked forward to her life here. But this girl that you see appears tired and pale, more pale than you remember her. But she quickly pulls her hood back up and pulls it close to her face as she continues to peruse the area.
0: By chance, am I able to see her hands? Yeah. Is there a ring?
3: You see glimpses of a ring on her finger.
0: Right. Just wanted to know what I was getting into.
4: Okay.
3: Finavir, you see as her figure is turning and she is walking through a crowd of people. Vlasic is trailing behind you at a distance, just observing you as he always does, just making sure you don't get into trouble or whatever he does. Your babysitter.
0: I will see how good he is at his job. Eyeless. he'll say louder.
3: Do you approach towards her are you just saying this at a distance?
0: Uh, he'll say, yeah, as he's approaching, he's with the following her.
3: She stops and she turns, her face still covered by the hood. She's keeping it taunt against her skin and her hands covering part of her face. She turns, partially, searching the crowd.
0: I'll attempt to lock eyes.
3: She looks very confused.
0: Is she. Do I catch the gaze? No. No? I, I, then I'll. Uh, I rolled her pro- perception. She did I
3: So you approach up towards her. She sees you coming towards her. She looks surprised and turns towards you fully. Finnevere? Is that you?
0: Yes. Um. It, I know. It's a haircut. Also, I can't go by that anymore. Uh, it's a Vinicus.
3: She smiles very brightly at you, and she seems to walk towards you, extending her arms for a hug.
0: Uh, yeah, that'll be met.
3: But then she stops herself. Roll a perception okay. check. Uh, Twenty-one. You see behind her, there is another woman in a similar hood and garb. She is wearing. They're both wearing like this deeper blue, um, this muted blue color of a, a cloak. But this woman seems to be watching you very carefully and you catch glimpse that she seems to have a sword at her side and she seems to be wearing some very light armor. But it might be a guard, you think. But Eilis stops herself from hugging you and she withdraws her hands back into her cloak.
0: I know, a terrible habit to break.
3: (laughs) She looks slightly uncomfortable. and. Almost like she doesn't know what to say.
0: Certainly surprised to see you.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad to see you. How is my family?
0: Well, last I saw, they were doing well, but that was most of a year ago now.
3: She looks somewhat saddened. I wish I could go
1: and see him, but I'm limited on where I can go.
0: Uh, I wish I could see them too. Imagine the the look on the cadre's face if he could see this. And you'll point to his uh, merchant's pin.
3: She smiles. I'm glad you got what you wanted.
0: And let's hope that you could find a an excuse to visit someday. Travel is difficult. I would know. Getting here was not an easy journey.
1: I don't know. my husband is a
3: bit strict on where I go. She looks over her shoulder and then back to you.
0: Seems to be the name of the game around here. Ah,
1: yeah. A lot has changed for me since I've been here. Well, especially since Desmond. (laughs) Rather, Uh, I'm not uh, supposed to be here.
0: Oh, you know Desmond?
1: Yeah, he's my husband.
0: Uh, (laughs) Imagine the, uh, like, there's that anime filter of, like, there's glass and it just kind of shatters. Wait, hold on. was, Was it Desmond's niece that Finn played hide and seek with? Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay, wasn't daughter. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> uh,
3: would you? And she looks back towards her guard, and then back to you. Would you like to go and get something to eat with me?
0: That I would, if we could.
3: She looks back again, and she seems to mouth something, and you kind of catch the name Rianne. And this woman seems to oblige and she turns and kind of pushes her way through the crowd and makes a path. And Eilus follows after her. You begin to leave the Merchant's Guild.
0: Alright. I won't get anywhere without treading risky water. Yeah, let's go have, let's go see how damaging lunch is.
1: Uh Glacic kind of walks up and grabs you on the shoulder. You know, your grandfather's not gonna like you leaving this place. But since you seemed to have a thing for the lady, I can keep your secret for a bit. He lets go. He
3: gestures towards his eyes and back towards you.
0: I count on it every minute of every day.
3: You follow after her, and you are guided to a very small, out-of-the-way, like, restaurant.
0: Things are certainly fast-paced around here. Uh, I heard Desmond was named Regent. Regent. I can't imagine what strain that puts on the house. But, really, you, you and Desmond.
3: She smiles and sort of looks down. Yeah, it's been a wee bit difficult.
1: But, you probably named as the next king soon.
0: Oh, my goodness. So, that means you would be...
1: A future queen.
0: Oh, have you considered... Moving a little influence and asking your family if they'd like to stay up here? I'm sure that, uh... No,
3: I can't do that to them. They don't belong here.
0: How did you end up here then? I mean, I heard about that there was an arrangement, but... Your mother didn't let me in on much of the details. I did ask a few times.
1: That's understandable, Finnevere. After all
3: of our history together, my parents probably thought it'd be best if you didn't know. She smiles knowingly at you.
0: Did he just come through the, the town and see you one day, or just stunned by your beauty? I must steal her away.
3: She laughs at that. Nay, it was certainly an arranged marriage. Though sometimes I do wish I had the opportunity to choose. She reaches a hand out towards you in an affectionate sort of way. Friendly.
0: And Finn would extend his, but in a, uh, a comforting manner, like you know, the hand over top.
3: Roll a perception check.
0: Uh, that would be a 16.
3: That's still a good roll. Bang.
0: Good Yeah, I know. Rolling hot tonight. I need it. <laughs> I need it bad.
3: Her arm, as it slips out from underneath of the cloak, you can kind of see that there seems to be some dark marks on like her upper part of her arm, which are barely covered it looks like maybe with an attempt of like makeup that's rubbed off at this point
0: does that look like bruising or something unique
3: Uh you can roll heal check
0: yes this is going to be a raw dice roll oh even better natural one with zero points
3: hmm you assume the worst possible outcome you're not sure what it is it could be a rash it could be a bruise but it looks pretty bad to you with all that knowledge of healing you have
0: Finn would grip his leg with all his strength just to to keep his face from expressing what he's feeling. His thoughts are of Desmond. If he let this happen due to negligence, then Finn is going to burn his name to the ground. But if he did this personally, it wouldn't matter if he's the emperor of the universe, no king of Rayland. Nothing's going to stop Finn. He is going to make him pay in blood. He doesn't know how or when. Finn's not an army, but he'll get one. Are you keeping in good health these days?
3: There's a partial smile that forms on her face. As best as I can. She pulls her arm back underneath her cloak and covers it back up.
0: Well, if there's anything I can ever do for you, you know all you need to do is ask. I may. I guess we got lunch during this?
3: Yeah. You You order a meal.
0: Get some nice finger sandwiches
3: Finger sandwiches, yes, it's a very thin thing to do She she laughs at this
0: Oh, but they come pre-cut Look, they even crimp the edges
1: It's my favorite thing that my mother would make me
0: uh, One of my favorites was the uh, Garlic potatoes uh, I actually had that the other night It wasn't The same, but um, It reminded me <sighs> Of your mother's cooking Man, if there's one thing That I miss more than anything else uh, it was probably your mother's cooking. Gosh, she would every night. <laughs> I'm
1: sure she'd love to see you again, Benavir. You should go and visit with them sometime.
0: I have a lot of studying ahead of me. The future of the Asher Estate is not going to run itself.
3: She looks confused. I thought you were in Aver.
0: Well, I've been informed that was... widely incorrect. I have been told, uh... Lily, whom I believe to be my mother that carried me through the woods, you remember the story? Yeah, I do. Until she stole me away from my real parents.
2: Did
1: you talk to Sid about this?
0: I haven't seen Sid since I left.
1: Why not? You really should go and visit with them. Family is all you got, Finn.
0: I, I can't leave now. its I-, I agreed to stay for my training. Perhaps I could send a letter.
1: If that's your ah. choice, then. But Sid did raise you. You owe it to him to at least pay a visit. And my family.
3: She looks at you sternly in that way that she would often use to try and convince you to do things.
0: You sure? I would Sid have a way of making possible requests. All right. Say I make the impossible possible and I make it there. What did I to tell your mother? A message.
1: That I love her, and I miss her, and that I want the family to stay safe in these trying times. I don't know when I'll be able to come home to see him again.
0: I don't know how, but a promise is a promise. So I'll see what's within my power and do everything I can to make to visit and to deliver this message.
3: She smiles at that. But then you see her face sort of twist into, like, a pained expression. And you see she covers her chest a little bit. And she seems to stifle a harsh cough.
0: Hyliss? I'll say in a very concerned tone.
3: Very concerned. She doesn't seem to respond for a moment. It's as if she is trying to focus her effort into maintaining composure. But then she lets out a brief sigh and you see that the guard woman had stood up and she began to approach and but Eilis raised her hand as if to say no, stay I'm alright and you can see that on her face is resting a forced half smile as she is trying to mask how she feels Are
0: you sure you're okay? Brennan is like making direct eye contact.
3: I'm well it's in the veer. You see her eyes being too well up.
0: Finn would see that look in her eyes, and he would think to himself, If it's the last thing I do, I'm getting her out of here. I just don't know how yet. Um, he would go and probably say something like, If there's one thing I'm more concerned about, about Tabor, they are newly acquired under Rayland's rule, which puts them at the edge. If war really does break out, they'll be at the edge of that war.
3: They're not at the border. If we're looking to at the map, they're on the right side of the Red Mountains across a small, like, river that divides them, and they're right above Lamb's Respite, which is right above Ashby and New But,
0: but Lamb's Respite isn't in Raylan's, No. Uh, control?
3: Nope. All of the Seeker bases are their own territories.
0: Oh, dang. The heck did they have that their sleeve? I don't know. Questions for another... Time, I guess I've been away probably further than I am likely allowed it was very good to see you Eilis and I hope I can see you again
3: she sits silent for a moment before nodding as if she can't even find words at this moment
0: I tell you what though if I pull off this impossible request I'm gonna make one of my own
3: she laughs a little bit
0: if I make a way over there Then it's only fair for me to ask the same.
3: She smiles.
0: You're going to have to come on the next trip.
3: Then you'll have to talk to my husband about that.
0: Then I suppose I might.
3: (laughs) She laughs.
0: Oh.
4: Edie, you have a breakfast?
0: (laughs) Well, I'm hanging around a lot of people that could make that claim. I guess I'll just have to become difficult to chew.
3: She laughs. Oh, how I did miss this. I also can stay away for too long. But it was great to see you. I'll make sure your tab is paid. She stands up. Then she pulls out a small coin purse and places several coins on the table. Paying for your tab. And she smiles.
0: Here we are years later. The Ocronans are still paying for my food.
3: <laughs> you can get my tab later then, Finn. I'll do that. And she walks away, followed by her attendant. And classic walks over to you. Come on, lover
1: boy. Boss is looking for you.
0: Oh, well. Let's hope I haven't gotten the Zyre up too much this time.
1: Been a
3: You return back to the manor. End your days. Continue. Studies. Time with your mother. Time with your grandfather. And a constant cycle that seems never ending. You do find messages left in your room, warnings almost, some telling you it's all a lie, you need to know the truth, and finally, the most recent one, why do you keep lying to yourself, you know she's not your mother, four months have passed now since you've been here, you see as Thule is currently in your room, placing some of your things away, You see that on her arms, you see that there are some marks there from some of the beatings that she has taken for the mistakes that you have made. But she remains ever chipper and a friend.
0: Finn has come to the realization that this, uh, Lassandra actor is not his mother. I wonder if Finn is able to try to turn the tables and eventually maybe get a little bit of information why there's a need for an heir, why it's so important that he's here. Coax little tiny pieces of information over the course of months. Okay. Why is there not another heir?
3: You're sitting inside. Snow is beginning to fall and it is cold, but your suspicions have been building with the notes that you've been receiving and with the most recent one. Your thoughts are reeling. What do you say to your mother? She's sitting there, currently sipping
1: on a cup of hot chocolate.
0: Uh, you know, uh, it was such a dangerous trek, uh, getting over here, as I'm sure I've told you many stories. Uh, that. Yes,
3: frog. yes, you've told me. <clears throat> yes, you've told me many
1: stories, a kiss.
0: There's a good chance I never made it here at all.
1: Well, you did make it here, my boy.
0: Why is it that you never. With your beauty, I'm sure it would be no problem to attract a, another suitor to further the Asher lineage.
3: She pauses for a moment. Well, after all, Finnitkiss, I'm.
1: I was brought into the Asher family. You cannot have an Asher heir without marrying an Asher.
0: I suppose, uh. Granddad doesn't have the vitality left in him to continue it himself.
1: <laughs> what, I need you to roll a diplomacy on that. I gotta roll a save. That's a 30. Well, it's not like I haven't tried with your grandpa. I mean, <laughs> she pauses
3: and cu- cuts herself off before she continues. What I meant to say, Finnegus, is
1: things are complicated in this family, if you didn't realize. So complicated. And she looks
3: out the window at the snow. The cup in her hand shakes a little bit, whether out of nerves or annoyance. You can't tell.
0: I do so enjoy our time together. Oh, but I do think it's time for me to be getting back to my lessons.
3: Ah, yes, of course. She stands up, and you see as she accidentally drops the cup of hot chocolate onto the floor, and even onto her feet and she screams damn it excuse me I will need to clean myself up and she turns to walk out of the room very quickly but you see your grandfather standing in the doorway he scowls and you watch as his eyes glare at your mother as she walks out the door he stares after for a moment and then looks back at you and smiles. Yes, off to your lessons then, boy.
0: If someone's that much older than you, they can call you boy. He's
3: never wrong.
0: It's the closest thing that Finn gets to in a term of endearment.
4: Yeah.
3: So, Finnevere, a few more days pass since your interaction with this mother of yours. What exactly is going on in Finn's head right now?
0: He's trying to process everything it's a bit of a mess because on the one hand his grandfather lied about him being able to meet his mother and now he has this awkward hour of the day every so often where he's to talk with this actor and they both act back and forth uh hey yes, I'm totally your mother yes I definitely believe you yes
3: remember that thing from seven ten years ago? Yes, I totally do. It never happened, you know.
0: Getting bored and toying with her memory. Yes, yes. Um, uh, You remember that scarf I used to wear? It's like I was never even old enough to wear a scarf.
3: And you do know that she slips up a lot in speaking with you about things that you know aren't true. But it is during one of your evenings in your room and you're by yourself. But suddenly you hear a knocking from the not-so-secret secret door. Come in. The door opens, and you see Tuli as she steps out. She has a somewhat stern look on her face. Her brow is set, and she approaches towards your desk, finally placing her hands in front of her. Master Finnekes.
0: Tuli, I want to talk to you.
2: Good, because I had a question for you, Master Finnekes.
0: Please, it might be better if you sit, and please talk openly.
3: Very well. She sits down on the bed, actually, and she relaxes more than you've ever seen her. She takes off the bonnet that she usually wears and smiles, looking you in the eyes. You can tell that she's actually a good bit older than you had realized. Her red hair has whitish strands in some areas. She looks at you for a moment and then
2: speaks. Master Finnekes. I don't mean to be rude and don't take this the wrong way, but when exactly are you going to man up?
0: That's a good question. Blast the formalities.
2: Yes, I can say that is something that we need to be rid of.
0: Tully, I'm sorry. I've been staying here trying to find some meaning in, of it all. I thought that the Baron meant well. I've always wanted to be a merchant, but this is... this is absurd.
2: Yes, not exactly what you were looking for.
0: Not even close.
2: I understand. Your father would probably say the same thing. Did you know him? Not really. But your mother did. Did you know her? Yes. She was a good friend of mine.
0: Oh. (laughs) Why didn't you say anything? Well, you never asked.
2: (laughs) I hope you figured out by now that the woman posing as your mother is not your mother at all
0: oh that's abundantly clear our acting lessons could use uh, a bit or two.
2: Oh, thank god i was worried you never said anything never showed a hint of discontent
0: well it's like you said i was afraid and i wouldn't man up i was afraid that i would lose my chance at a family and i'm re- realizing more and more each day that there was never a chance of that here in the first place
2: You certainly have your father in you. (laughs) That is not a man we shall speak of. I'm not exactly happy with him either. (sighs) But I've been here for many years, Finnecus, trying to figure out what happened exactly to your mother. I was hoping that by your presence here, you might be able to provoke the Baron into revealing some information. But not much has come of it, unfortunately.
0: Oh. I can tell you what I know. I can tell you she was kind. (sighs) She would teach me in this little cottage that we had, out on the edge of nowhere. I can't even find it anymore. Not that I ventured that far from Tabor in the first place, but...
2: You say she was in Tabor?
0: No, but we must have been within walking distance of there. There was a day where she had a smile on her face, but there was something off. I was too young to really pick up on everything at the time, but she was running through the woods, carrying me. Oh, I remember we were riding, and then she was running, and then she had me running on my own. Which, later you pick up the pieces. We heard the sound of something dreadful. Must have been some kind of monster. I've seen plenty of them on the way here.
3: And Finnevere, you continue to recount the tale of what you remember from your childhood. Though, being a child, you're not sure exactly how accurate everything of it was that you remember. Some things, the more you say it, you realize, maybe I was dreaming some of that. But you continue with your tale, Thule, sitting there listening patiently, and she looks at you when you reach the end of your tale.
2: Your mother disappeared many years ago, along with your father. I was glad to hear, though, that there at least wasn't a via left. After all, your grandfather did make life very difficult for them.
0: Do you think he's the reason that she was on the run that day?
2: Do I think it? Yes. Do I know it? No, I have no proof. All I know is that the name of the Aviers was sullied. They were a good people. They created beautiful artworks, many of which you'll see in the noble estates.
0: Well, I do a bit of doodling myself, though most of them are burned.
2: I've seen them, Master Finnekes. It reminds me of your mother's work. She was an excellent painter.
0: Uh, she would paint flowers. Uh, an amaryllis was her favorite.
2: Yes, your family crest. They were lower-class artisans, but they still had their pride.
0: Well, I suppose a bit of that wasn't stale. You should have seen me growing up, running around, I'm Vere of House Severe. and then my landlord would get all upset.
2: You should quiet yourself, Master Finnekeus. There are still prying ears here.
0: Oh, right.
2: <laughs> but at least you got my notes.
0: Ah, that was you. Yes. I'll be honest. Very mysterious things have happened on the way here, and that is the most normal thing I've heard of <laughs> these mysterious happenings. Uh,
2: but besides all that, Master Finnegis, I don't think you belong here.
0: I think you're right. Where to go?
2: Where is your home, Master Finnegis? There is an old saying that home is where your heart is. Your heart is not here, Master Finnegis. I see it in your eyes.
0: I think you're right. I need to make a plan. Would you help me?
2: Of course, Master Finnikis. I told you, after all, you would always have a friend in me.
0: Finn would start concocting a scheme on how to to get out of here with Thule's help, but he can't help but wonder why. Why does she stay? She should escape this life. Why not?
2: She gives you a very brief response. Sometimes, Master Finnikis, we must have pity. On those who suffer. And the Baron's suffering is great, though he will never express it. I held anger towards him for a very long time. Have I forgiven him? Not necessarily. But do I understand his pain? Yes, I do. Though I do wish, Master Finnicus, And don't take this the wrong way. Your leaving would save me five swats every month or so.
0: Is that perpetual?
2: Every time you make a mistake, yes. You asked for it. Just for it was just a fork. Must have been a kiss. The Baron is—he <sighs> has a sickness of sorts, a sickness of perfectionism. Everything must be perfect, and if it isn't, it cannot stay. He is harsh and critical of himself, but he rarely makes mistakes because of that now. And he has no real connections. Don't worry yourself over that for now. You must take care of yourself as a young man. There is a wide world out there. This is not the time for you to be trapped in this estate. I know, as your mother spoke, of your father, that he had similar feelings. I don't know if Master Morpheus will return, but I can understand if he doesn't.
0: Do you have any idea where I might go looking for him?
2: I am not exactly sure. But those who are of the Asher, they rarely stray far from the path of... Merchanting. She chuckles a little bit. Hmm. Perhaps someone like him choosing to adventure might take to the seas.
0: Oh, gosh, I never even thought about that. (laughs) Ben's like, wait, I've been thinking that they're out there on this continent, which is big enough. And then he's like, wait, no, there's more. I don't even know what's out there.
3: With whatever happens, you begin making these plans and preparations. And I think that's where we're going to end off on this episode of The Gage Chronicles. Leaving to fate and the mysterious universe of the gate world, how Finnevere resolves this situation, you'll have to find out next next week on another episode of The Gage Chronicles. Thank you, families, for listening to another episode of The Gage Chronicles. We're so glad you could tag along. Make sure you're following us, guys, with that button below that says follow or subscribe so you know when another episode is released each week every other week for each series, you know, it's kind of how it goes. But as always, there are many ways you guys can support the show. So if you haven't done so, please consider leaving us a rating and a review whatever podcast listening app that you're on, because that really does help other listeners determine if they want to check us out. Or also, you know, the uh, algorithm likes to see that a show has a lot of reviews so that it recommends it to people. It's really difficult at times. But besides that, there's always our Patreon, as well as, you know, just joining us on our Discord or following us on our social media accounts. These are all really great ways to actually support us, and telling other people about it is probably the best way to do so. <laughs> so, as always, Foundlings, we do want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfie with Michael Gelfie Studios. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Will Savina with Music D20, and also Yvonne Dutch for allowing us to use music and ambiance in today's episode. And also, Monument Studios, before I forget them, because they're amazing and they also have a lot of great pieces. You too can use all of these things in your at-home games. Just make sure you guys check them out. Those links are all in the description below. And to keep it short, foundlings, that's it from me. So, we'll see you next next week on another episode of the Gage Chronicles. Bye-bye. bye